and oh, there we go. That's, that sounds a bit better. Hello and welcome to Cankery, home of Canada's Queer Media. My name is Luke Smith. And I'm Sebastian. Let's turn you up a smidge as well. At a, at a secret remote location. Yeah, here. It looks like uh, it looks like your bedroom, according to the web camera. But where is my bedroom? This is true. Just off the corridor on the left. <laughs> uh, no, it's actually the It's off the room. right, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, if, yeah. If, I suppose if you turn around and you come in the other way, then it would be the left. What? <laughs> like if you turn around and you face the other way, then it would be on the left. In the sense that if something's on your right and then you turn around, it's on your left now? Yeah. Oh, well, that's trivial. That's literally true in every <laughs> single room in the world. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well, moving away from whether or not your secret location is on the left or the right hand of your hallway, uh, uh -huh. let's uh, let's dive into what has been... I mean, I don't know. Our, our listeners can't see this, and you can barely see it, but I have a whole, whole list of, of things that have been going on uh, in uh, in in the world in terms of gay news this week has been a very busy, very very. Some busy of those news stories I'm willing to bet are things that were not going on that were supposed to be going on as well. There's a couple of uh, a couple of those stories. Well, a lot of them is just is also just nice. It's just good news, you know. Okay. I, I, okay. I do love a bit of good news. You know how much. I, I did about... notice that actually when I was poking around, looking at all the various updates on social media and blah blah blah, it was dozens of small stories, but nice stories. You know, yeah. the, the usual. This time of year, it's normally uh, small town pride. Uh, this community had an event, and it went very nicely, and people came up, and nothing happened. And uh, in in some ways, it's hard to report on that. But on the other hand, I like reporting on that because nothing bad happened, and it was just pleasant. It's sort of like, you know, news report this week, uh, 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 King Charles had a cheese sandwich and it was lovely. Like, uh, sometimes I just wish that that's what the news was, you know? Yeah. Well, let's start off. Uh, this past uh, Sunday, so mm -hmm. uh, yesterday at time of recording, mm -hmm. uh, the folks in St. John's, Newfoundland, uh, mm -hmm. they gathered at City Hall and they raised their pride flag. And oh. it was a pleasant day. And it didn't rain. It didn't rain. It didn't Yep, people Nothing were, was on fire. You know, the speeches weren't too long or too dreary. Yeah, it was uh, It was a good day. It was a pleasant. People in St. John had pleasant time with a flagpole. End good. of story. Yeah, which is always great, uh, a great great start. Um, mm -hmm. and there, was a, there was a story coming out in Alberta talking about how there are a whole range of um, small-town prides now that mm -hmm. have and there's a there's an increase in backlash you know mm -hmm. uh people showing up at council meetings talking about how terrible these things are and so on and so forth and uh honestly i think the real the the nice story here is that lots of small towns in alberta are engaging in pride mm -hmm. i mean i do have stories from alberta as well but that's probably a bigger story for later but uh what uh, uh, do you have a, a, a list of these communities and have they had pride in the past? Oh, my jays. So I believe that the folks in Westlock, Alberta, painted a rainbow crosswalk for the first time in the town's history, which is very exciting. Mm -hmm. Some people mm -hmm. didn't like it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, let's have a look. It was unanimously passed by the local city councillors, which was very exciting. Mm -hmm. 
Um, what else have we got? We've got uh, obviously the RCMP out there have been raising concerns, but they've been increases in hate crimes all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, in Panoka, a United Church had black tar dropped on its rainbow, which was not very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think there's been a couple of new prides uh, around as well. But you know, on the whole, mm-hmm. lovely. Uh, mm-hmm. But there are there are some folks who have become more and more emboldened to uh, to go out and destroy flags and and sort of make their their anti-gay position known to the world. Well, mm-hmm. in Hamilton, you know, we talk about Hamilton. Uh, in Hamilton, a little while ago, there was an elementary school. Hamilton, Ontario. Hamilton, should... Ontario, not yeah. Hamilton, New Mexico. I'm willing uh, to bet every province in Canada has a Hamilton in it somewhere. Oh, probably. Yeah. 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 And so, if not, they have a so Hamiltonian in them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in Hamilton a couple of weeks ago, maybe a few weeks ago, there was some people broke into a elementary school, uh, mm-hmm. tore down their pride flag and set it on fire. It's very, very, um, just not a cool thing to do. A mm-hmm. bit, bit of a dickish activity. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, the Hamilton police are looking for them. They found the CCT footage. They know what mm-hmm. car they drove. Um, so if you are the mean, you know, just uh, unsavory sort of person that did that, uh, just be aware that the Hamilton police are uh, actively uh, looking out for you. So mm. And looking out for you in, in the, they're going to find you way, not protecting your overall well-being. Although they might be doing that as well in general, but they are, I mean, they're looking for once them. you're arrested, you're in their care. They have a legal obligation. Yeah, then, then they'll have to look after your overall well-being. But for now, they're just uh, hunting you down. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, Hamilton uh, issued an update saying that they were, they were working on that as well. Um, let me just see. There was some interesting uh, news from the Anglican Church. Um, that's the that's the story. That's that the I story found. you saw. Uh, yeah, that the the diocese, not the diocese, the synod had met in Alberta recently to have a vote on. Um, uh, oh, it wasn't it wasn't blessing gay marriages. It was there, there's a it a was very pastoral. Liturgical, lit, liturgical lit, that's the right one, isn't it? Liturgical yes. Yes. texts yes. to embrace and support trans and gender and non-binary people in its church. Now, it's mm-hmm. worth mentioning that the uh, the Archbishop of Kootenai, Archbishop McNaughton, uh, she was a, a strong advocate for this. Her own child has come out as non-binary and now identifies with the name Jasper. So it was a case of like, look, you know, I'm, we're hearing it from not only our, um, not constituents, not clergy, what are they called? People in the congregants. There we go. <laughs> I was like, people in the congregation. What are they called? Uh, they, I you just know, had that moment where you had a brain fart and that caused me to brain fart. Yeah, yeah it's uh, like a contagious brain fart. Um, yeah, yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah. Uh, they're like, you know, not only are we hearing this from our congregation, we're <laughs> hearing it from our own children. You know mm-hmm. what? What? Are, you know, and it's really, it's not the Church of Canada, or the Anglican Church of Canada. Uh, introducing any major change it's essentially Mm -hmm. just guidance being like if you want to address this topic here are some relevant psalms here is Mm -hmm. you know some relevant hymns you know this Mm -hmm. is if you want to take the approach and lots of anglican churches are very much in favor of this approach that Mm -hmm. everyone is made in god's image 
that it's not everyone's made in God's image asterisks unless you you know identify as trans and non-binary in which case tough luck a close asterisks you know that that's not there they're like you know if you want to be respectful and engage with your full congregation and as we mm. discussed before it's about one percent ish that identify mm. as trans then you know these are just tools to address that so mm. is that what you were hearing in terms of uh, this Anglican church story oh yeah that that's that's exactly it really the pretty uh the the um from what i what i read reading around there's a few people who they didn't protest but they're just they had questions and the number of people who voted against the collection of the list of of liturgies was minimal but mostly it was just people saying are we sure uh that these particular readings apply there was really just more about an accuracy thing it's sort of like you know the classic case of a uh, a law being voted down not because people were against it because they didn't like the phrasing of it you know there have been a lot of good laws in canada where the intent was there but the phrasing was ooh. so the the opposition voted it down and there's there a little bit of that but in the end it, it passed yeah i found a little bit more detail from the looks of it but i mean I mean, that's how synods go, though. Synods really get into the weeds. That's the whole point of it. It's not just yay or nay, but yay or nay, and and please provide a uh, a 10-page essay as to why. So yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I there are some interesting news coming out of the Synod in what when, when was like today's show brought to you by Synods, apparently. But uh, yeah, apparently, yeah. yeah uh, there was an interesting conversation brought out in the Synod in the UK about the Church of England. The Anglican mm -hmm. Church of the of England, the 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 OG Anglicans, mm -hmm. uh, you know the Anglicans from Anglica. Uh, anyway, so Anglia. they Anglia. There we go. And it was I was like I know there's a place there somewhere, <laughs> um, but it's worth mentioning the timeline here because I think the timeline speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. So on uh, around July sixth, so around last week, the Labour Member of Parliament in the UK, uh, Ben Bradshaw. Uh, drafted a bill that would enable the Church of England or uh, priests within the Church of England to conduct same-sex marriages. Now, mm -hmm. just as a quick recap, because people may not be aware, that in the United Kingdom, the government, uh, there, there were so many rules, separate rules and laws around the Church of England because of the, mm -hmm. you know, the monarchy, the parliament and the church and the, the sort of the way they all the three of them interact. Um, mm -hmm. When Britain introduced same-sex marriage, there was a huge carve-out. It's like everyone should do same-sex marriages, asterisks, except the Church of England, which, you know, will we'll figure this out in their own time, close asterisks. You know, and, and it, they were very much left to themselves. But it's been a long time. So currently under the law, the way it's written, the Church of England cannot do same-sex weddings. Um, and oh. officially, because... Even the, if they wanted to. Because they were carved out in this law. So, oh. they, you know, that's why. So, uh, and the Synod has been very anti-making marriage happen, you know, because of the uh, huge number of... Um, mostly South American and African Church, uh, church of England, um, sorry, Anglican Church uh, representatives. Mm -hmm. We've talked mm -hmm. about this in the past, about how they overwhelmingly oh, yeah. vote against it. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so Bradshaw introduced this bill saying, like, look, this isn't telling you that you have to do gay weddings mm -hmm. and you have to attend them and you have to smile and have to have a good time. Uh, mm -hmm. It's no. It's like, look, you know, if there's a priest that wants to do it, we are changing the law to say from saying that you can't to that you could, not yeah. that you must. And I right, think right, that's right, the, yeah. the key difference here. 
Um, yeah, they said that, uh, yeah, it's, it's got cross-party support. And I think essentially the government and lots of parliamentarians are just annoyed at how darn slow the Church of England is in terms of catching up to where the rest of the UK is. Right, yeah, know, yeah. Like, it's already law. Mm-hmm. for equal marriage except for the church of england so they're like look you know get caught up anyway mm-hmm. two days later uh, after being threatened with this legislation the church of england is now working on drafting new pastoral guidance and materials to allow uh, same-sex couples to receive blessings just blessings just blessings oh my god yeah so the, the a weird four thing is hour that... debate about getting blessings Right, right. So you can get married elsewhere. Right. And then come to church that doesn't want right. to marry you and be blessed for it. Um, right. But they're still not going to marry you. They can just bless you if somebody else does it. Now, normally this would be a separation of church and state thing. And I would say, you know, if the church is kind of debating things internally, kind of just let it happen. But from the sounds of it, the way you explain it, would I be correct in saying that under the current legal system in the UK, they can't even administer wedding certificates. No, the Church of England does issue weddings. And I think that the... For same-sex couples. No. Th- right, That's okay. the exception. Because okay. that's the thing. Because even if you had some local vicar, you know, off in Cork County, mm-hmm. who wanted to marry um, a same-sex couple locally, if there are no wedding certificates available for them to do so... Um, like it, it, this is sort of the bureaucratic side of, of the relationship between the church and state that is not unique, but particular to England, Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the way that the church of England and the government of England, uh, relate to each other kind of through the monarchy, but also not really through the monarchy. It's weird. Yeah. Like the, the archbishops of the church of England hold seats in the house of Lords. So that, well, that would be the equivalent to, uh, um, the church having seats in the Senate in Canada, it just doesn't, you know, it, when you think about it out loud, you're like, that is kind of ridiculous. But it is the position that uh, that uh, Britain finds itself in after several thousands years of, uh, of evolving, non-written-down constitution. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the MPs have, have reached a point where they're frankly just fed up. They're like, you know what, you've been given your own time to deal with this. There are already talks of a schism in the Anglican Church. Yeah. Now, there was another church this past week that has been going through a bit of a schism uh, mm-hmm. on the on the topic. Of, usually I'm terrible at segues, but today mm-hmm. I am on the ball. They so, naturally flow into each other. I, I, this is news to me. To tell me about this, so I don't think I read about I'm this. I'm just trying to find because <laughs> I wasn't planning to talk about it. But uh, uh, let me see if I can find. No, it's not that. But I believe it is one of the U.S. churches. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Here we go. One fifth of the United Methodist churches have left the United Methodist Church. Oh, okay. Which is a huge number. Um, you know, one in five of the churches, that's a massive number. So those congregations in every fifth U.S. Methodist church uh, mm-hmm. has petitioned to leave that church um, because the denomination uh, considers the, uh, um, currently considers the practice of homosexuality to be incompatible with Christian teaching. Uh, Mm -hmm. So they do not allow their clergy to perform same-sex marriages. Mm -hmm. Um, Many of them are just doing it anyway. Uh, Mm -hmm. And those who are uh, are pushing back are essentially um, just leaving. 
So hmm. there have been about 6,000 that have left, and uh, in the past year, there have been 4,172. Hmm. Um, yeah, so they're most of them are joining the Global Methodist Church. Okay. So now, this is really interesting because I know that that uh, I don't I don't remember the the details on the difference between Methodist churches and the other Protestant churches, but I do know that they're known for being moderately conservative, uh, not quite as conservative as say Baptist or Orthodox, but definitely more conservative than United or Unitarian. Um, so the the fact that Methodist churches have gone in this direction is actually very interesting to me as a sort of a, a an update on. Uh, I know that Methodist churches are not unique to North America, but I know that they're they're particular to North America. They're more common here than they are in the rest mm -hmm. of the world. Um. Uh, so yeah, no, that that's yeah, that's very interesting. I actually yeah. may read more into that after the after so the, the, the role of the church and uh, LGBTQ life seems to be continuing to. Uh, to interact and intersect. Now, I do want to veer very much into a different topic, uh, and I think it might be more appropriate uh, mm. to, to put, a, put a song here before we move on to talking about uh, the no-circuit gaze rule that was introduced for an event at the Adonis Club in London. Uh, oh. yeah, I've perked your interest that with that one. Anyway, this is Bold by Mariah Sochil, and we will be back just after this. Back, back down that road Never saying hello I'm staying bold the judgments all the hate I'm not going back to yesterday there's only so many things that they can say only hoping to increase my pain I'm not going back back down that road never saying hello
Hello and welcome back to Cancrea, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And I'm Sebastian. Now, just for our audience, <laughs> we, I, I felt like I felt like before we start talking about circuit gays, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we needed a bit of a bit of a gap there between discussing, you know, liturgies and congregations and you know and uh, synods and 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 schisms and and the yeah, such. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we. Uh, I, I felt like listen, the palate cleanser there, uh, mm-hmm. the incredibly talented Maria Sochil uh, with bold, great new track. Uh, all of our artists this week are Canadian and uh, uh, LGBTQ self-identified. Uh, so yeah, great, uh, great way to boost their uh, representation. Now, mm-hmm. uh, Sebastian, can you tell us, uh, me and well, I know. I'm, you know, all-knowing. But can you tell uh, us, uh, our audience, what mm. is a circuit gay? It's not like a, just um, like a gay in IT or... Uh, no. Uh, uh, you've seen the, the, the Toronto Gay Pride Parade, surely. Oh, yes. Yes. You know Me the TD Shirley float? Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, exactly. The, the TD float? Yeah those, yeah, those are circuit gays. Yeah. Yeah, so just imagine this. Uh, whenever you see representations of Pride events, usually, usually they're white. Usually mm-hmm. they are very muscular, um, not not um, not uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger muscular, not uh, no. com- you know heavy Lean lifting muscular. Sorry, yeah, Lean, Lean muscular. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they have a they're wearing shorts with an inseam of four inches. Maybe it's it's just oh, oh too long. Oh yeah, that's too many inches. But uh, just yeah. speedos, speedos. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's that's the gist. That's a circuit game. And where does yeah, the yeah. term come from? Well, if, if you if you ever watched any shows about gay men, um, usually they focus in on on circuit gay. So queer as uh, queer as folk, both the UK and US version, the the main cat. Well, the the older queer as folk. I haven't seen the new one, but from what I understand, they decided to move away from that. Uh, but they tend to focus in on circuit boys. But yeah, basically, um, circuit music is a genre of house music that kind of came out of the Chicago house scene. And it's basically called circuit music because it, it it was kind of known for being the after party after the after party. So you'd go to a, mm-hmm. a house party, a house music party, I should say, you know, big warehouse with 3000 people dancing. And then you go to the after party. And then after that, there'd be another after party. And after that, there'd be another after party. So you go down the circuit of going from party to party. And it was just the music of the circuit scene uh, in the 90s. So that's, mm-hmm. that's where term circuit comes from um well it usually... started in the 70s the circuit mm. party started in the 70s i mean they really hit an apex in the 90s for sure oh yeah when, when but... house music came in especially chicago and detroit house music really revolutionized how a lot of the stuff's done there's a lot of stuff in there with frankie knuckles if you know the history of music and anyway um uh, they, they they do also have a reputation though generally speaking being uh overemployed for the the age that they are so you're looking at 22 to 35 year olds stereotypically uh they get a lot of money for their age a lot of them are lawyers or political assistants or just think of the the, the kind of job where you could be making 90 a year while you're still 23 um it's sort of this 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 stereotype. A lot of them either, and if they don't have money, they spend money like they do have money, and they just live in poverty otherwise. Um, this is the stereotype. Uh, they're 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 known for being very aggressive at the club. Not aggressive as in like punch you in the face, but aggressive as in move out of the way. I'm a better dancer than you. You're taking up space. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's. Yeah, and and sort of the, the the party drug scene is also very much tied with 
uh, circuit boys stereotypically. That's when you get your 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 meth and ecstasy gay men. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, I worked in a club where not a club, a, a gay bar that kind of avoided that. And the way that we did that is just by not playing the kind of music that was popular with them, and instead we had live jazz. So it was a completely different crowd. It, it's it's if you want them to come, if you don't want them to go to come, it's purely a matter of low lighting, flashing lights, and the right DJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which leads into we the story. In, we have them in Canada, Bellon Blanc, uh, Ballon Blanc, uh, the white yeah. ball in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Is, as well as it, Black and Blue in Montreal as well. Uh, is one of the big ones, yeah. So yeah. that's been going from since 1995. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, they are, uh, yeah, the Black and Blue Festival. Now, these are, these are essentially raves that can go on for at least a day. At least a day. Honestly, I mean, maybe, maybe it's because I'm not partaking in, in, mm-hmm. in, in the aforementioned uh, um, uh, condiments. But the, I don't think I'd have the energy. I could, you could get a solid hour of dancing out of me, and, and uh, maybe that's about it. But uh, yeah, so I don't, that might be why I'm not uh, a circuit gay. I mean, if you pumped yourself with the, the same volume of uppers uh, that uh, circuit gays are known for, for consuming, I'm pretty sure you could dance for 36 hours straight. Yeah, anyone can be a certain... No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> it's... so. The, the don't idea. do drugs, kids. Exactly, absolutely, <laughs> unless prescribed by a doctor. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, the, uh, the reason why it became a story is there is a new club in london in the uk trying to essentially their remit is like look we have xyz and you know bars already in existence and they are doing a pretty good job of serving your mainstream uh you know uh what's the word i'm looking for gays um -hmm. you know actually my sister called me a dinkwad uh yesterday well, she called okay. me and Jake okay. a dinkwad, which is double income with uh, double income, no kids and a dog. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's, a, it's an acronym. Um, nice. And it, it's really, it's those. It's double income gays, couples, quite usually quite affluent. Gay mm. men are usually overrepresented in quite well-paid positions. Usually we, we, we did a whole episode a while ago about what are mm-hmm. very gay positions, um, mm-hmm. where, or rather, what are occupations that are, disproportionately held by gay men is perhaps mm-hmm. a better way of saying it. But uh, yeah, so this nightclub has essentially said, look, you already have places. We're going to make a venue for the folks who don't feel comfortable in those places. Like right. that's their, that's the raison d'etre. That's their, their purpose uh, mm. in life. So they have a an event coming up. It's the Adonis Pride event in July. Mm-hmm. It actually just happened. And they issued a notice to all of the ticket holders, saying that they've got a new policy uh, to create a safe clubbing experience for everyone um, and making sure that they're fully committed to ensuring that marginalized groups feel comfortable at the club. There is mm-hmm. no space for arrogance or privilege. Uh, and essentially, there is uh, there w- it was a no-circuit gay rule. Mm-hmm. And it caused quite a lot of backlash from yes. folks who might be identified as circuit gays quite reasonably yes yeah they issued a statement on their instagram and uh, I'll, I'll read some of it here to those who feel the need to make a fuss about potentially being denied entry to a party so enraged that you call for boycotts demand apologies threaten violence verbally abusers send hateful messages urge venues and associates stop working with us 
we suggest you seriously reflect on your overwhelming sense of entitlement uh, might just be the reason we don't want you on our dance floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you considered that your attitude and how you move in and use a space may cause other queer people to feel uncomfortable in your presence? Or how your dominance of a queer space could, in fact, be the issue here? Your outrage reeks of male privilege. This isn't only a circuit gay problem. It's more widespread than that. Toxic masculinity has no place in queer culture. Uh, They're implementing a door policy hasn't been an easy decision. And they acknowledge that we may not get it right in every instance, but we are committed to making these changes. Now, the issue here is, uh, we, we talked about what is a circuit There's gay. There's a dozen issues. There's like like dozens of issues. Well, but, first of all, let's talk about the fact that the club is called Adonis. I know. And I it know. has a no circuit gay policy. The irony uh, is also, not left on me. I've looked up some of the, the social media. All the posters for this event have circuit club, circuit gays on their posters as well they're they're using no body hair muscled oily boys as their their advertising Mm -hmm. um that that's not going well um how do you identify a circuit boy just by looking at them and even if they are circuit boy who's to say they're not just there for a a quiet night in where they they don't dance for nine hours straight well they not have the right to go to a, a different venue well, it's a door policy. It's like those no shirts, no shoes, no service. You know, mm-hmm. it is, you know, they are enforcing essentially a dress code provision. Okay. Um, but what's really sparking a debate in the UK is, you know, circuit gays isn't just gay people who go to circuit parties. Yeah. It's this sort of cultural subset. It's like the bears. You know, mm. when you think of bears, you usually think of either friendly and cuddly or maybe a little bit gruff and and but you know sweet at heart you know there are Mm. certain characteristics that you ascribe to a bear and Mm. uh what they're saying is that a circuit gay is not just where you'll go dancing for 37 hours but it's Mm. also that attitude Mm. that uh toxic masculinity that seems very that seems more pervasive in that group of gay men Mm -hmm. than other groups of gay men well, an easier policy would just basically be rudeness is not tolerated. If if you come in and if you're crass with the, the wait staff, you will be kicked out because you can do that. Like uh, turning people away at the door based on what you're assuming about them, based on their appearance, there's probably there's probably a civil lawsuit waiting if you do that. Whereas if you let them in and just bar them for life because they're complete monsters to the staff and the other people there that's perfectly legal you can eject somebody from your from your club for basically being an intolerable uh, attendee like the, mm. it's it's very very different and just because I, I don't know like you could have somebody who shows up who's clean cut and looks the part but they're really they're just i don't know there's somebody who works at a bank and they have to look a certain way during their day job so when they're out at night they still look that certain way mm-hmm. uh, and then they they just want to go to a club uh, and i mean like i said earlier the last thing is if you want to attract a certain crowd or not a, attract a certain crowd you can do a lot in terms of how you set up your club i mean that that was that's how gordon ramsay started his career with his tv shows if you want a certain clientele coming in then you decorate 
a certain way. You know, you get a certain chef, you know, in this case, it'd be you get a certain DJ, you play a certain mm -hmm. kind of music, you, you decorate it a certain way, you do the lighting a certain way, you, the wait staff a certain way, the, the what you have available behind the bar, you, you make those choices as well. A lot of it really comes down to how you build your establishment to attract the kind of crowd that you want. And just building a club that looks like a circuit club with a stereotypical circuit club name with posters with circuit club boys on it and then yeah. saying no circuit club boys allowed. But it just feels so short-sighted. I, I, I would push back a little bit here because what I think the issue that they're trying to address is whenever there is a, 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 a gay rave, mm -hmm. this group of gay men go in volume. They are mm -hmm. They are arrogant they're aggressive to people that they don't feel that they should uh, give respect to mm -hmm. um and it's so pervasive that it's a cultural stereotype like mm -hmm. this isn't just one or two incidences it has bled into that sort of cultural awareness of of queer folks mm -hmm. now just if you're if you're maybe not a muscular white uh man in his 20s and you want to go to that you know, why isn't there one of those events for you? Is, is having arrogant gay white men a prerequisite of having a circuit party? I mean, I, I would take whiteness out of the picture because I've been to some of these events, not because I, I am. I have never, ever, ever been a muscular, oily boy. I just really like to dance and I like I like music. So I, I went to some of these events and just was alienated and I didn't care. I just danced in the corner on my own. Um, the I would say actually the the diversity in this crowd is about base rate. Mm -hmm. So like if you're in a community that's like five percent Asian, you're probably gonna get five percent Asian in the crowd. Um, but uh, that aside, it it is the attitude, it's the arrogance, it's also you know the young and beautiful and muscular. I am I am the guy who's on the poster. That's really what it comes down to. Um, and yeah, fair enough. People may want to go to to events and and not have to deal with that but i mean how do you i think it was actually quite clever in one way okay what and do they that, do that's clever i think by well first of all i think they should have said that before like they they told people by telling everyone who bought a ticket which i feel is a little mean because they've already bought the ticket yeah they were you, know, the you know what yeah. i mean i was like yeah. unless you're offering refunds um yep. you know bit of a bit of a mean move um mm -hmm. but if they'd have told people ahead of time i think the self-censorship mm -hmm. would have knocked out a lot of those people you and know not calling it adonis well i don't know if they can change the name of their club just for this <laughs> one event but you know saying that you know we don't want arrogant self-righteous circus gays ruining the party Mm. You know, if I was a circuit gay that was, you know, I'd be like, oh, how dare you? You know, do you not mm. want me there? Fine, I won't go, which I think is the point. <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? I feel like this move would well have self-censored a lot of people from attending. Um, mm. I don't know. It, it's really caused uh, a, a stir in, in the gay community in the UK. I have no problem at all with building alternative spaces, but it, there's there's just a right way and a wrong way to go about doing it. I think they just did bad marketing, bad publicity i guess you could say like they they had good intentions and they just went about it in the worstiest way the worstiest yeah <laughs> okay yeah yeah um yes yeah no <laughs> it was you, uh, didn't it? <laughs> it did. <laughs> the worstiest <laughs> okay uh yeah that uh, that threw me for a loop for for a second um <laughs> now there, there was a song i wanted to play we're not going to play it because uh, it has an explicit rating 
and uh, uh, but it, it is fantastic. And there, there okay. is uh, my my sister's boyfriend um, dropped this into the playlist in the car, wondering mm. if I would notice it. Uh, unfortunately, we consume a lot of gay media content. And I was aware of this song in advance, but uh, Dixon Dallas's track, Good Looking, um, sounds like every other modern pop country song you're gonna hear. Mm-hmm. But it is very gay. Mm-hmm. Very, very, like, uh, like unapologetically. Uh, mm-hmm. So Dixon Dallas, Good Looking, we're not gonna play it now. It has an explicit tag just uh, so that folks are aware. But, you're just uh, encouraging our listening audience to look it up on yeah, their own time. Our listening audience who are adults and, uh, you, know, mm-hmm. you know, we can't play it because mm-hmm. there is a chance that there are children listening. Okay. And, you know, and we assume they are. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. There's probably someone in the car. You know, yeah. we can probably, you know, you probably can't hear us very well because mm-hmm. the kids are, are shouting at each other in the back of the car. You know, and that, that happens. So we're not going to play that song because, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want to enforce it on people, plus mm-hmm. uh, the rules. But it is a great song. It is uh, definitely out there. He was looking for my reaction. I had no reaction because, of course, I knew the song. Um, but uh, I think folks would be highly amused by this particular track. If anyone's been on TikTok and on, especially on Gay Talk, uh, you would have seen this uh, a while ago before as well. Um, are you on Threads? No. Is that is that a thing for clothes? I don't know what this is. Oh, okay. You're not. You're not. Uh, well, I don't know what the phrase. I don't know the terminology yet. Is it weaving? Is it threading? Is it pulling? I don't know. So Instagram released their new uh, Twitter uh, um, uh, alternative. Okay. And in exchange for all of your data and privacy, uh, okay. they are offering a what's ostensibly, hopefully, a, a safer. Uh, more balanced platform uh, without Elon Musk in charge. Okay. It looks very much like Twitter. But I bring this up because there was a study in the UK that came out recently that found that 60%, of the people who responded to this study, and there were about 2,000 people surveyed, um, Mm -hmm. have just given up using social media uh, in the UK. They're like, it's just so... You know, Twitter has massively scaled back its staff who do any kind of monitoring of mm-hmm. hate speech or, or anything like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Even the kind of things that are very much illegal uh, mm-hmm. are not being particularly monitored. So in the UK, they found in the study that 60% of uh, LGBT folks are just leaving social media platforms. They just It's That's just not probably best being for there. everyone in the end. Yeah, yeah. Why would I be in a space where people are yelling abuse at me? Like, it just mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious if Threads, which is ostensibly going to be a, a, a nicer platform, um, you know, if Zuckerberg is up to the task of uh, keeping people well behaved. But we'll see. There are so many controls on Facebook and Instagram already, mm-hmm. you know, that, that limit what can and cannot be posted and so much automation and stuff. That mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm 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 hopeful for where Threads goes uh, in terms of uh, being a space that's maybe a little bit more, um, a little less hate crimey than maybe Twitter is. Mm. Well, the the 
Oh, that's a separate conversation. Let, let's let's go to the, <laughs> Ooh, the 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 censorship uh, on social media. I think that that is such a huge topic that is hard to summarize in under 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, you're right. Maybe we won't even summarize it in two seconds. Uh, we will be keeping an eye on that story as we mm-hmm. go along. Uh, but will the gays go to the threads? That is the question. Um, actually, funny story. Uh, as you know, Jake is now, uh, my partner Jake is now um, crocheting, knitting, knitting. Knitting, knitting yes. is the one. Um, and all this talk of threads keeps reminding me of the fact that he's knitting. And I feel like knitting, there's a lot of gay guys I know who knit. Mm-hmm. I've seen a crochet hook in your home as well, but I think he's just using that for fixing errors. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Those who knit will understand exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And those who don't are like, wow, this conversation has taken a turn. All right. <laughs> We're going to be playing the brand new track by the incredibly talented Jolly Wolf. This is Blood Orange. And uh, we will be back just. Actually, let me just cue it up. I haven't, uh, haven't got it ready yet. That's my fault. Uh, this is Blood Orange by Jolly Wolf. And we will be back just after this. I've got a blood orange Peeled inside my mind I've got a little window Cause you f***ed up my
Hello and welcome back to Cancri, home of Canada's Korean media. My name is Luke Smith. Hello, I am Sebastian. And uh, yeah, so let's do a nice quick roundup of uh, some some more gay, good gay, gay, good, good gay news. Um, yeah, good so, news about LGBT stuff, about, not news about gay men who are good. Not good gay news, but good. Well, I mean, some of them are, some of them are the good gays. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Although, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's start off with the first uh, LGBTQ uh, openly gay head of, well, it says first gay EU head of state, um, which I believe is actually incorrect. Um, oh, no, wait, no, because I was thinking of the prime minister of, of Ireland. But I don't and think Iceland he's, as well. he's not a head of state. Oh. Yeah. See? Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no. Yeah. So anyway, the president of Latvia, who's just been sworn in, Edgars uh, Rinkovics, um, has just been elected. He is openly gay and uh, he has been sworn in as the first gay, openly gay EU head of state. This is great news. There have well, been other openly gay um uh, um, sort of head of state adjacent, um, like the, the high-ranking individual. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I believe the prime minister. Or, or sorry, the people in Ireland are going to hate me for this, but they have a specific term for their prime minister. Uh, I am blanking on what it's called. Um, mm -hmm. But then I believe you're right. I think it was Sweden or Norway had one as well. Um, Iceland. I thought Iceland. Iceland. No, you're right. It is Iceland. Because they're not EU. They're they're because uh, the EU. If the EU were an onion, right? Yeah. And you have rings on the EU membership. Uh, it's really weird because Canada is actually close to the center, but we're not in the EU. But the the relationship we have with the EU, we're EU adjacent. Like Canada has better EU relations than some European countries do that are not in the <laughs> EU. And and Iceland is also it, it kind of more or less in the same ring where they're not in the EU, but they have so many good relations with the EU. They're basically EU. It's, it's a thing. But there's also an ocean metaphor. separating them. So, I mean, it's they're, they're physically not EU either. It's weird. And the, the wait, isn't the Isle of Man not in the EU? The Isle of Man is is in, well, it's not anymore because it was in Britain. Yeah. Okay. It, oh, true. Well, but then it was never part of the UK. I don't know. Isle of Man is this weird middle ground. Anyway, it doesn't we're gonna, matter. We're, we're talking about Latvia. Uh, we're talking about Latvia. Yeah. Let's talk about Greece. Uh, okay. Also in good news this week, the mm -hmm. uh, Prime Minister of Greece, Kyriakos uh, Mitsotakis, um, and my apologies for how I'm pronouncing everybody's names, um, he essentially told uh, Bloomberg Television in Athens recently, very recently, that same-sex marriage will happen at some point. It's part of their strategy. Uh, mm -hmm. He recently got re-elected in the snap election. Uh, he'd ordered a commission to work on improving LGBTQ rights across Greece. They have mm -hmm. already lifted the ban uh, on gay men donating blood and also banned uh, intersex um, genital mutilation of children. Um, mm -hmm. For a long time, people would do corrective surgeries. They would often also get it wrong. Uh, it has been banned in Canada for quite a while. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, Greece rolled it out. And it looks like they're looking at rolling out gay marriage. The left-wing opposition party had introduced legislation in 2022. Um, but, you know, time ran out. They went into an election. Nobody 
particularly one, uh, but it seems like all of the parties elected um, are actually on board with the, uh, gay marriage in Greece. So mm -hmm. this is great news. Um, a small little story, a million people went to Cologne in Germany, not like fragrances. Um, they went okay. to the Pride Parade in Cologne. It was a huge oh. number. Uh, okay. A huge number of people showing up for the German Pride, the German city of Cologne's Pride Parade. Um, okay. Yeah. So that was uh, that was pretty exciting news. Um, there was some backlash to librarians in Cork, Ireland. Of course. And uh, thousands of people showed up in a solidarity march for these 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 Cork librarians. Uh, there had been some backlash to some books that they had. Uh, okay. Obviously, because book burning is now uh, the latest uh, cause du jour. I mean, I'm all for questioning whether or not a given book belongs in the section that it's in, because uh, mm. there have been a few times where there's a book and it's filed under ages three to eight. And then you look at the details and you're like, ooh, that should be like eight to twelve. Uh, but I don't think it should be removed. I think it should be moved. There's mm. a difference between those two sentiments. I, I really do think that just, yeah, just put it to a different part of the library. That's it. That's all yeah. you need to do. You don't need to get rid of it. But, but anyway, I, that's a yeah. This is the, further evidence that these these people who are like, oh, that's terrible, burn it. Uh, mm. They are so far in the minority mm. that uh, that people are getting up and showing up in volume, being like, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. this is this is. Outrageous. There has been a lot of questions around that sort of thing with um, people questioning, like if an author says this is targeted for ages three to eight. I'm, I don't know why I'm stuck on three to eight. I'm just saying three to eight. That's um, quite a range. I, it is oh, three to six. There you go. That's um, still a, that's like that's a, well, whatever. We'll, we'll stick with it because we'll see. Yeah, just because the author intended that does I mean you could get child psychologists and to be like, no, they're not ready for this yet, or this is way too low. Like this, this could be higher. This could be lower. Mm. I don't know. It's just we're sort of taking the author's word for it that that's that is an appropriate audience for that. I don't know. But I, maybe maybe Book Talk can come and update us here, but I suspect that publishers... That's a different conversation. Publishers yeah, yeah. whose day job is this have a very good idea about how to age books. You know, they've been doing this a long time. Like, it is the, literally their job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like... Yeah, I, I don't know. I put maybe I put too much faith in the system, mm -hmm. but uh, that's that's where we're at. Uh, this is, I, I think, it's good news. I think okay. this is hilarious news. Bristol mm -hmm. Pride has banned, effectively banned politicians. <gasps> oh, that's the they, best idea. I know ever. it's a great idea. They've effectively <laughs> banned political parties. So, like, uh, like uh, for example, Vancouver Pride, where they said, yeah. in order, you know, you don't, you know, we we had to. Prides are, are a fun time, but mm. they happen because, uh, you know, in the 80s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, you know, going to a Pride meant having your head smashed in by a cop who was homophobic. Oh. It meant having far-right idiots yelling at you. It meant, you know, it, it meant going through abuse. And that space got carved out in, in, in blood in many cases. Mm. So you don't have a right to show up with your favorite green bank or your political party who 20 yeah, years yeah. ago were nowhere to be seen. You know, it is, uh, you know, it is a space made available from decades of, of LGBT activism. For me, it's not even about the history. It's the fact that every pride parade is a cynical photo shoot. 
for mm. every politician and bank and corporation out yeah. there. Like it, it's so, it's more than a photo shoot. I'm sorry. Yeah. Stay so home. Bristol Pride has made them issue kind of promises. So you know, if you're going to march in this parade, yeah. you need to be doing something of value to our community. You know, if we uh -huh. make space for you, how are you making that space for us? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they were like, you know what? You keep saying promises and you're not following through. So yeah, yeah. you're no longer invited. Now, this might be a bit of a shock to people, politicians not following through on promises, but mm -hmm. um, the Bristol Pride has drawn a line in the sand and gone, no, none of you can come. Nobody. So that'll mm. be a... I, I, I want to go to Bristol Pride now. <laughs> the idea of a politician-free zone. <laughs> I would be fine if the Pride Parade was nothing but P-Flag and uh, the local lesbian roller derby league on mm. their roller skates. And if the dikes and bikes. The dikes and bikes are always fun. those two groups and, and parade done, I would be fine with that. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it really does come down to, like, I don't know, P-Flag... And then lesbians on roller skates. Uh, you, you got your political message, and then you got your fun, and then you, you go have a nice tea. That's yeah. the perfect pride parade to Absolutely. me. But, I mean, I'm also – I don't like parades because they, they last for hours, <laughs> oh, and I just want to go so home. Long. <laughs> um, you know, I get it. You know, it's about wanting to come out and represent and uh, what have you. Um, I will wrap up with maybe some not-so-great news. Uh, Tivzili Pride in Georgia – got mm -hmm. overrun by anti-gay, uh, they are being referred to in various media outlets as allegedly neo-Nazis. Um, this has happened in Georgia, in Eastern in Europe. Georgia, a, a predominantly Muslim country. I think neo-Nazi is a misapplication of the term neo-Nazi. Sorry, sorry, white supremacists. In Georgia, a predominantly Caucasian country. Caucasians being non-white, of the non Caucasus, yeah, yeah. yeah, of the Caucasus, yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah, yeah. again, again, misapplication. <laughs> anyway, so they are uh, bigots they, for sure. Yeah, some yeah. flavor of bigot. I'm some not flavor gonna, of bigot. Deny that. Uh, it's just uh, five spice yeah, mix of bigotry. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, they are. They've. Uh, they. They broke through the security lines. Police struggled mm. to contain them, and the pride events actually had to get evacuated. Mm -hmm. uh, some people were beaten up. Some of the the bar was apparently ransacked. Pride flags set on fire. Um, mm -hmm. It was a it was a whole ordeal. The organizers of civili, civili, uh, the Pride organization. I'm struggling mm -hmm. with that city name. Um, they have they have blamed the Minister of the Interior, saying that he colluded with them and and uh, didn't appropriately uh, police uh, the the area, knowing wow. that there were threats. Mm -hmm. So. Um, how much truth is in that remains to be seen. Um, but yeah, the Pride events essentially got cancelled as a result. Uh, in the same neighborhood, Russia has issued a directive to all of the health clinics to now provide support for anyone struggling with the mental uh, disorder of homosexuality. Oh, my God. I know. So uh, the 1950s have called, and uh, Russia is reintroducing. By the way, Russia, the, the World Health Organization banned homosexual, removed homosexuality from its uh, diagnostic DSM. What is that? Diagnostic oh, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, the, yeah. Oh, diagnostic. I just, I just had an inkling, manual. and I was right. Uh, Georgia is predominantly Orthodox Christian. It's Chechnya, the neighboring country that's predominantly I thought you were off when but Muslim, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. uh, they are. Uh, they... But still, it, it was at a pride event. Call it homophobia. Just mm -hmm. call it homophobia. So the 
the Russians uh, removed homosexuality as an illness in 1999, uh, nine okay. years after, sorry, eight years after the the, uh, the World Health Organization removed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this is steps backwards for, steps backwards, for Russia. Yeah. Not that we are expecting much out of them. But you, the number one reason why they removed it actually was uh, there's no treatment. It just is what it is. Yeah, funny that. Okay, well, we have run out of time. We'll be playing out with You Won't Be Punished for the Lie by Stuart Legere. I have been Luke Smith. And I've been Sebastian. And thank you for listening. I would, you would just, I thought you would take longer to say thank you. I'm not quite, uh, not quite <laughs> ready. All right, we'll be back <laughs> next week. Thanks for listening. At night, at night, where I am still holding on, at night, it's not easy not to go, honey, that long dark night, it's a tough act to follow. When the poem of yesterday's sun's written on my wasted skin Where the river of all of that love spills out in the field again You won't be punished for the lie for